0: Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the Fasten Seat Belt sign. If you haven't already done so, please make sure the volume of this podcast is set perfectly to your listening enjoyment. Please take your seat, whether that's on the treadmill, car, sofa, or bed, and buckle in for the last trip. My name is Jamie Beebe and I'll be your tour guide recreating someone's last days in paradise. On behalf of myself and everyone behind the scenes, please enjoy the Last Trip Podcast. And because nobody likes a long flight to get to where they wanna be, let's prepare for takeoff. Our victim today is Chiara Henry, who is just 23 years old when she traveled solo from San Diego, California to Maui, Hawaii for a fun and adventurous vacation in July of 2019. She was last seen at the Airport Hertz Car Rental Agency around 2 p.m. on July 21st. Her rental car was found just two days later in a parking lot at the Black Sand Beach on the road to Hana. But Kiara was never seen again. I wasn't entirely sure about releasing this episode given the devastating fires in Maui, but I do want to bring as much awareness as I can to this case. As I'm sure you all know, in August of 2023, fires broke out across Maui, causing widespread damage and killing many people. It decimated the town of Lahaina, destroying an estimated 2,200 buildings, including historic landmarks. I love the people and the island of Maui, and my prayers go out to them. If you can, please donate to help rebuild Maui. Maui is one of my very favorite places to go, and I've been there a ton of times. One of my best friends lives there, so whenever I want to get out of LA and have some girl time on the beach, I show up and crash on her couch. More often than not, my visits follow a fight or breakup with a boyfriend, so we joke that I'm probably the only person that lands at the Maui airport crying. Nonetheless, I've had a lot of time to explore the entire island, and I've visited a bunch in the past few years. Maui is the second largest of the Hawaiian islands, and it's also the leading island for whale watching, which I've done and highly recommend. In fact, when I was there last time, there were so many whales, I could even see them from shore. And when I went snorkeling, they came right up to the boat. But the ultimate experience was when I could hear them underwater while I was snorkeling. Maui is a magical place. You feel it the second you step off the plane. If any of you have been there, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you guys know by now that I love local legends, weird history, and things off the beaten path to see while traveling. So let's kick this off with a Maui legend. As the story goes, the name Maui comes from the demigod Maui who was on a fishing trip with his brothers when he caught the ocean floor with his magical fishing hook. He told his brothers to paddle as hard as they could, and when they did, an island rose from the sea into the sky. And Maui repeated this several times, which created the Hawaiian Islands. It's also said that this guy, Maui, was later persuaded by his grandmother to slow the sun down so she could grow more food. So standing on the summit of Mount Haleakala, he lassoed the sun's rays and demanded that days be long in the summer and short in the winter. The sun, of course, obliged. And that's how Maui has those perfect summer beach days. The Polynesians were the first to settle on the island, and that's the core Hawaiian culture. The language, class system, religion, and customs. And things were moving along nicely until the late 1700s, when Europeans and Americans started showing up and pushing their culture on Hawaii. In the 1800s, whaling was a really big thing, and by 1824, more than 100 ships were visiting the little town of Lahaina every year which meant more immigrants started arriving, so they opened taverns, brothels, inns, and shops. Drinking and prostitution became a huge problem on the island because of the influx of all the people. Outsiders kind of destroyed the traditional life the native Hawaiians were leading. Visitors brought diseases and epidemics, which killed about 95% of the locals, and that devastated even more of the Hawaiian culture. Then the Christian missionaries came and started building churches. What is pretty cool, if you like history, is that a lot of those old churches are still there today. The last time I visited, I drove the road to Hana and stopped at the St. Joseph Church. The sign said it was built in 1862 and closed in 2012. But it seemed really well preserved and taken care of. Also, I scared the shit out of myself because the sun was going down when I finally got there and while I was walking through the old cemetery behind it, A group of cows snuck up on me. Back to Maui history. When the Christian missionaries arrived, they tried to introduce the quote-unquote American way of life. They pushed their way of dressing, eating, speaking, entertainment, education, hygiene, and economy. Also, around this time, foreigners again introduced diseases. This time it was smallpox, measles, influenza, tuberculosis, and STDs. It's estimated that 30 to 50% of the population died within one generation because of this. And the effect was catastrophic on Hawaiian culture. And that's the super abbreviated history of Hawaii before becoming the 50th state in 1959. After that, tourism rose and in 1969, the first hippies arrived and settled in South Maui. Hippies brought the marijuana culture to the island, which eventually earned Maui that reputation for having really dope weed. What's great about Maui is that while it's easily a tourist capital, it's still absolutely gorgeous with some untouched areas. It's filled with rainforests, volcanoes, steep cliffs, and low valleys. There's areas where it's mostly dry and hot, and there's areas that it rains almost every day all year. And in the high mountains, the temperatures get really cold and can even go below freezing. This means you never know what you're going to get if you're traveling through the island. So I always suggest layering and bringing clothes for any occasion. Because one minute it's hot and sunny, you're sweating in a bikini. The next, you have to pull off the road because you can't drive through the torrential downpour and you're searching for your sweatshirt. Also, keep in mind, the crazy changes in terrain and weather can make it dangerous for tourists who aren't used to being in those conditions. Another interesting thing about Maui is that there's really no predators or snakes. You aren't going to go hiking and run into a bear or mountain lion or even a coyote. They have lots of chickens, mongoose, turtles, seals, feral cats, wild boar, Axis deer, and of course, cows. That makes the biggest concern for predators, the sharks in the ocean. Maui is a fun place. There's tons of stuff to do, lots of adventures to go on. The beaches are some of the best in the world. There's snorkeling, scuba diving, fishing, boating, jumping waterfalls, surfing. Basically, if you can do it on the water, you can do it in Maui. And there's a million different hiking trails that lead to bamboo forests and huge waterfalls. It's a total adventure. Last time I went to Maui, I let a hot guy convince me to jump out of a plane. And if you know me, I am absolutely terrified of heights. But also, if you know me, this guy was pretty hot and had lots of tattoos, so he probably could have talked me into just about anything. But to be fair, the view was spectacular and I actually loved it and would totally do it again. So if you haven't jumped out of a plane over the ocean yet, Maui is the place to do it. There are some really unique things to check out on Maui. I highly suggest camping and there are a lot of great options. Inside the Haleakala Volcano Crater, you can rent an awesome cabin, but it does take a bit of planning. There are three cabins available and they rent for $75 a night, but they sell out fast so you can reserve one up to six months in advance. All three cabins are accessible only by backpacking several miles each way, and they're extremely remote. There's no drinking water or electricity, and you'll be using a pit toilet. But it looks totally worth it because how often do you get the chance to camp inside a volcano? This surfing goat dairy farm is super cute to visit. They've been making cheese on Maui for over 15 years. And who doesn't love cheese? You can take a tour to pet all the goats and learn how they make the cheese. Something I recommend is making a reservation to watch the sunset from the top of Haleakala. You can drive all the way up to the top, which is above 10,000 feet, and watch the sunset from there above the clouds. It is stunning. There's also a honeybee sanctuary, a cacao farm, a winery, a distillery, a lavender farm. All in all, Maui is a great place to visit. Hey guys, I hope you're all enjoying the Last Trip Podcast. I'm excited to tell you about my bikini company, The Boyfriend Bikini. Now, I love traveling, especially to warm, tropical beaches, and I found myself always searching for the perfect travel bikini. Something sexy, great for any occasion, and easy to stuff in my bag when I'm on the go. So I took all the best bikini ideas, worked with a fashion designer in Paris and a manufacturer in Bali to create my new swimwear company, The Boyfriend Bikini. You know that saying about how girls level up after a relationship ends? They travel more, get hotter, and start a new business? Well, that's exactly what I did. The Boyfriend Bikini is about taking control of your happiness, personal growth, and being a total girl boss. I've named each bikini after a type of man I know good and bad because each one helped me grow into who I am today. When you order your favorite boyfriend bikini, you'll get the story behind the man that inspired that bikini. And because you listened to the last trip, I'm giving you 10% off your order by using code travel. Also, a portion of all sales will go to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Just go to theboyfriendbikini.com And use code TRAVEL to get 10% off your order. That's theboyfriendbikini.com. Code TRAVEL to get 10% off your order. Happy traveling! Now let's get to know our victim, Kiara Henry. The reason I chose this case is close to my heart. After leaving an abusive relationship in 2020, I went to Maui to stay with my friend. While I was there, I saw Kiara's missing person poster at Black Sand Beach, and it stuck with me. I thought about her a lot. I wondered who she was, why she was in Maui, what happened to her, if she was ever found. Finding her poster in such a beautiful area of the island opened my eyes to what can and sometimes does happen while traveling. It prompted me to be a little more careful, learn more about the destinations I was visiting, and check in with my family more when I'm off on an adventure. In fact, Kiara's missing person poster put me on the path to start this podcast. I started researching the case and found that my favorite podcast, The Vanished, had done an episode about her. If you haven't listened to The Vanished, you're really missing out. Marissa Jones is the host and she dives so deep into missing person cases that I'm pretty sure she solved some of them. I listened to Marissa interview Kiara's family and there were a lot of details that came out in that interview that weren't available anywhere else. So after this, if you guys want to hear more about Kiara Henry and this case, I recommend listening to episode number 253 of The Vanished. It was released on October 10th, 2020. Kiara grew up in a really loving family with two sisters and a brother. She was a little more laid back and quieter than her siblings growing up, but vibrant, funny, and peaceful to be around. She had that kind of spirit that just puts you at ease. In high school, Kiara was really into sports, and she was super athletic. She played basketball, also ran track. Sports were her main interest back then. When she graduated, she took up drawing, sketching, and she had a real talent for it. I think being that kind of adventurous and free spirit adds a lot to the creativity that someone has. So after learning about her, it makes sense that she turned to artwork as an outlet. She also moved around a lot to try to figure out her direction in life. She took some college classes online, and her passion turned to traveling, exploring, and nature. She wasn't afraid to try new things, and she didn't want life to be boring. She enjoyed the quiet moments, sometimes just taking the time to sit outside and draw. Definitely the type of person who had no problem doing her own thing and following her own path. Her family describes her as an adventurous young woman who enjoys hiking and the outdoors. And she also lives a vegan lifestyle. They say one thing that really stands out about Chiara is her warmth and her smile. She's polite and kind and just that type of person that always has a big friendly smile on her face. She's also really spontaneous. Traveling solo shows that adventurous side of her. A lot of women travel alone these days. You guys know I do it all the time. It's a completely different experience to get on a plane alone and go exploring, swimming, or hiking in a place you've never been. She's a helpful type of person who does volunteer work and the kind of person that will always lend a hand if she meets someone that needs something. She prefers the outdoors to indoors, enjoys yoga, she's in great shape, and she's into surfing and rock climbing. There's even speculation she took a surf lesson while in Maui, although there's never been a record of it. When she travels, she likes to go on group adventures, group tours, and group lessons, but also enjoys adventuring alone because she's not afraid to be independent. Kiara is the true definition of a free spirit. She's got like that hippie vibe. She's a little undecided in what she wants to do in life. But the one thing that was always consistent was her love of the outdoors and adventure. Before going to Hawaii, she wasn't working. She had taken a couple spontaneous trips to Palm Springs and Salt Lake City, both within driving distance of where she lived. But she always had that dream of going to Hawaii. I think because she was so spontaneous, she didn't actually tell her family that she was leaving for Hawaii. She did bring up the fact that she wanted to go, and when it was discussed, she talked about going with her brother, but then for some reason, she just up and left without telling anyone. Her family did consider it a little bit weird at the time, but not a red flag. Because that type of spontaneity was just part of who Kiara was. What do we know about Kiara's trip? On July 11th, 2019, Kiara flew into Oahu, Hawaii and checked into a resort there. But there aren't many details on how she filled her days. I think that's because she didn't tell anyone she was going, she was traveling solo, and she didn't post much about her life on social media. So there are pretty big chunks of time that no one really knew what she was up to. It's interesting that she wasn't super active on social media because I know when I'm traveling, especially solo, I pretty much document every waking hour on Instagram. But Kiara was the type of person that didn't want to be tied down to her phone or social media. She stayed in Oahu for about a week until July 17th, and that's when she flew to the island of Maui. Once she got to Maui, she checked into the Aston Maui Hill in Kihei on July 18th. When I looked at the resort, it seemed like the rooms were pretty expensive, which I thought was a little odd because when I travel alone, I normally opt for cheaper places to stay, but I don't really know her financial situation, so maybe this was the norm for her. Regardless, the resort looks gorgeous, and it's about a 5-10 to minute walk to the beach, and there's beautiful ocean views. It appears she was in great spirits and interacted with the staff while she was there. They said she was really friendly and nothing was out of the ordinary. On the 19th, she went on a tour called Hana Tours to the Waianapana State Park, which is where the famous Black Sand Beach is located. Group tours to Hana are safer than a solo trip, and it's a good way to get more info and history. Several people on the tour interacted with Kiara and said she was happy and enjoyed the tour. I've traveled the road to Hana more than a few times. It's easily one of my favorite parts of Maui, but it's really remote in a lot of places. The Black Sand Beach is gorgeous, and even though it's just a couple miles from the town of Hana, it's really remote and wild. It's a volcanic coastline with cliffs, sea caves, a blowhole, and a very unforgiving ocean. The ocean in that area is tumultuous with a rocky bottom, so it's not a good beach for swimming. There's also jellyfish in the water, which totally makes it a no-go for me because I'm a chicken when it comes to meeting up with wildlife in the ocean. There's a definite danger element at this beach. Of course, an accident can happen at any beach. The amount of drownings are really high throughout Hawaii, and the island of Maui is the highest, with an average of 94 snorkel-related drownings a year. On July 20th, Kiara went on another tour with Maui Hike to Twin Falls, which is the first easily accessible string of waterfalls and pools on the road to Hana. It's a moderately challenging hike, it takes about an hour to walk it, and it's pretty popular so you'll see other people. It's interesting to me that she went back on the road to Hana the very next day. I understand it, the whole area is just magical, it looks like a fairy tale, but it makes me wonder why she didn't just stay the night camping along the way or in Hana rather than coming all the way back the next day. On the 21st of July is when we get a more detailed timeline of her events for the day. First, she checked out of the Aston Maui Hill in Kihei, and there is surveillance video of this. While she was checking out, she asked the hotel to hold her luggage while she went outside, but it's hard to tell what she was doing. It's assumed maybe she grabbed a bite to eat or used a computer nearby, which makes sense because around that time, she attempted to book a condo at Sugar Beach Resort, also in Kihei, for July 22nd to the 29th. Sugar Beach Resort later emailed back to let her know it was unavailable for the dates she requested. But by all accounts, by the time they emailed her back, she was already missing and never read the email. Also, at this time, she booked a flight home for July 29th at 11.55 a.m. So her intentions on this day were clearly to stay a bit longer on Maui and then make her way home. Around 2 p.m. on the 21st, she rented a black 2018 Nissan Sentra from the airport Hertz car rental. And it was due back the next day. So just a one-day rental. We see her in the surveillance video at Hertz. And again, nothing is out of the ordinary. And it's advisable to rent a car on Maui because it's the easiest and cheapest way to get around, especially if you want to go hiking or leave the immediate area. So again, nothing out of the ordinary so far but this is the very last time we have an actual visible record of Tiara Henry. Her rental car was found on July 25th in the Wayanapuna parking lot in Hana, right there by the Black Sand Beach, where she had gone with her Hana group tour a couple days earlier. We know she drove straight from the car rental to the parking lot because they logged the mileage. Although leaving that late in the afternoon, it was probably almost dark or about to get dark by the time she arrived. Sundown on that day was at 6 p.m. and it's at least a two-hour drive to get to where her car was found. I've driven the road to Hana in the dark and it's not easy. It's twisty, curvy, you're driving along the side of the mountain and there can be a downpour at any minute. It's really, really dark. No streetlights, lots of tall trees. So sometimes not even moonlight illuminates the road. We have to assume she was planning to stay in her car that night or possibly camp in the area along the road to Hana, although there is no record of her renting a camping spot and by all accounts, she didn't have a tent with her. It's also possible she was going to stay somewhere in the town of Hana, but again, there was no record of this. Remember, she did try to book a place for the next night in Kihei, but nothing was booked for the 21st. When police found the abandoned car, they called the rental agency who had it towed back. When they checked the car, all her personal belongings were in there except for her cell phone and the key to the rental car. Now, here's the insane thing that happened at the car rental place. On the 26th of July, an employee of Hertz, Jennifer Pate, knew something was wrong with this car being abandoned, and against company policy, she reached out to Kiara's family on Facebook. It's against company policy because she used Kiara's personal information to search her name on Facebook, which helped her find Kiara's sister. And that's how she reached out to tell them the car was found abandoned and Kiara was missing. Now, I kind of feel that Hertz rental car can go fuck themselves. Because then they fired Jennifer on September 24th for sounding the alarm, which is completely absurd. Who knows how long until anyone would have known Kiara was missing if Jennifer hadn't noticed something was wrong and stepped up. Jennifer absolutely did the right thing, and luckily there was public outcry from her being fired. She's a single mother of two kids Kiara's age and the island of Maui helped her and she did receive other job offers and a GoFundMe was set up to get her back on her feet. But really, that's truly shitty of Hertz, and a company like that should have something in place for situations like this. So thanks to Jennifer's quick thinking, on July 26th, the family was finally made aware and they reported their daughter missing to the Maui Police Department. Her family was already starting to get concerned because they hadn't heard from her since the 12th of July. Her older sister was the last one to speak to Kiara on that day, and the conversation was vague and nothing out of the ordinary. After that, it appeared messages from her family were read, but never replied to. Eventually, the texts her sister sent were green, meaning either Kiara's phone was off or didn't have service. So there was some concern, but no big red flags, because she wasn't the type of person that always texted back right away, and they wanted to give her space because she is a grown woman. They also considered that her phone might have been broken or fell into the ocean since she has lost phones before. But until this point, not hearing from her wasn't totally unusual. By the 26th, her phone was going to voicemail and her voicemail was full. Of course, the other thing to think about is that the car was found in Hana and having been in Hana, I know there's very little cell service, if any. So it could mean the phone was turned off, lost, out of batteries, or just out of the service area. As soon as they were contacted, Kiara's family motivated quickly, flying to Maui immediately, passing out missing person flyers, and posting throughout social media. On July 29th, seven days after Kiara was last seen, her family started asking hikers to help in the search. And people were more than willing to help. Hikers, freedivers, repellers, mules, 4x4s, pretty much anyone available and prepared for the rugged terrain and possible rain jumped in to look for Kiara. A GoFundMe was also organized by Kiara's sister, Thea Hammond, to cover the search costs. $2,590 was raised and it has since been closed. In the following days, the community of Hana and the whole island of Maui came together searching on foot with drones, donating food, and loaning out private land for searchers to camp on. They did a metal detector search of the beach to see if Kiara maybe buried her phone and keys in the sand and went swimming, or if her things fell in the sand and got lost, but nothing was found. They used helicopters and divers to search the water and caves in the area, but again, they found nothing. On July 31st, the family wrote on the Find Kiara Henry Facebook page that the Maui Police Department was asking that the volunteers stop searching for Kiara, which I thought seemed really strange. The locals in Hana know what they're doing when they go out, and they know the area really well, so it makes sense to use them if they're willing to help. A lot of the comments on the post were asking the same thing. And there was no real explanation for it other than people were starting to think the police might know more than they were letting on or that there was foul play suspected so they needed to preserve possible crime scene. And some people thought maybe there was a storm moving in which could make a search more dangerous at that time. Either way, they had already done a very extensive search of the area. On foot, with helicopters, dogs, dive teams, drones, they found nothing. The local community asked authorities if they could conduct the rest of the search themselves rather than volunteers because of the sacred lands. Most of the sacred lands aren't marked in order to keep tourists away so the locals were understandably worried about people trampling where they shouldn't be. Also, property lines around the park bordering these lands aren't clearly marked, so it made more sense for the locals to take over. Also on July 31st, the Maui Police Department released the surveillance video of Kiara checking out of her hotel in Kihei. She was wearing a white t-shirt, black pants, black socks, white sneakers, and carrying a black backpack. I've seen this video several times and she looked totally normal to me, not under any duress or frightened at all, just an everyday video of someone checking out of a hotel. On August 4th, they again asked for volunteers to help in the search with the goal to search the sides of the highway in both directions. This was to make sure Kiara wasn't the victim of a hit and run. Hana Highway is dangerous and curvy with lots of hills. And although a lot of drivers do go at it pretty slow, there's always a couple cars that try to speed through, so there easily could have been an accident. Anything was possible at this point. But she was not found during the roadside search either. Around the same time in Hana, another hiker, Craig Pitt, went missing and his car was found along mile marker 8. There was some possible speculation that the two had found each other and were possibly lost together. But then, on August 5th, his body was found at the base of a waterfall after falling down a 300-foot drop. On August 13th, the 23rd day Chiara was missing, her family released a videotaped statement. In this statement, they covered Kiara's last known whereabouts and begged for her safe return. In case she was listening, they told her how much they love and miss her. They said they understand she's grown, she can choose what to do and where to go, and she isn't in any trouble. They just want to know that she's okay. They pleaded to the community if anyone knew anything about Kiara to please reach out and let them know. When I listened to the tape, all I heard was the raw emotion and heartbreak in the voices of her family. I can't imagine the absolute sense of dread and loss that they felt 23 days into Kiara missing. Around the end of August, the Facebook page updates had longer days between them, and they started getting shorter because really there weren't any updates. There weren't any clues. Kiara vanished into thin air, but her family was not going to give up. Kiara was so loved. On September 6th, they offered a $10,000 cash reward for any information leading to her whereabouts. They also released that her phone, credit card, and banking activity stopped on July 21st. Her phone was not found in her car, but her ID and bank cards were. Finally, in mid-September, two months after Kiara went missing, the news stations started reporting on her disappearance. Some reports said they waited so long to report because her family was hoping she'd come home. But let's be honest. Unfortunately, news reports are often slower for people of color, and it's not something we can overlook. Also, most of the news channels were lumping Kiara's story in with another missing hiker over on Big Island named Kyle Britton, who is a young white man, and it appears that Kyle has never been found either. On September 18th, day 59 of Kiara's disappearance, her family left the island with no information on her whereabouts. They must have felt absolutely defeated to leave the island without the daughter they had searched so hard for, leaving with absolutely no information on where she is or what might have happened. They stated that they needed to go home and regroup, but they'd be back to continue the search. With how much they love Kiara, it's obvious they'll never give up hope or stop looking for her. And just like they said, by mid-October, the Henry family was back in Maui. And this time they hired a private investigator to help them find leads. They also held rallies throughout the month to gain awareness, but nothing was working. There were still no updates in Kiara's disappearance. On February 10th, 2020, day 204 of Kiara's disappearance, the family released another statement, this time thanking the public and updating them that they still had no leads. Kiara's family remains devastated and heartbroken each day that goes by. They still have no answers. Holidays, her birthday, and special events without Kiara took a toll on her loved ones. In May of 2020, her family went through her things at her apartment and packed them all away in hopes that when she returns, it would still be there for her. This has to be the hardest thing to do. It's so personal and intimate to go through someone's things and pack them up, especially not knowing what happened or if they'll ever see her again. I would be in agony if it was my family member. At this time, they also upped the reward to $15,000 for any information leading to her whereabouts. I think this was likely in relation to the pandemic because so many people were struggling financially, so if Kiara was met with foul play and someone knows something, there's a greater chance they'd come forward if they're hurting for money. The one-year mark was obviously sobering for Kiara's family, and they tried to stay strong, but with no information, there wasn't much to say other than voice their desperation and pleas. News stories were slowing down considerably, but her family wasn't going to stop searching. She was added to NamUs in August of 2020, the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. And in October, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, The Vanished covered Chiara's case, bringing it around the world, hoping for answers. A little after the two-year mark of Chiara's disappearance, the Henry family increased the reward once more to $25,000, but unfortunately, it hasn't made a difference. Kiara Henry literally vanished, and her family is no further along to finding out what happened than they were on day one. In February of 2023, a tip came from Big Island, a sighting of Kira. but when authorities tracked her down, it was confirmed by her driver's license to be someone else. It was another devastating blow to her family. But because of that recent tip, her family is renewing calls for public help in finding their missing daughter, who would be 26 years old now. What do you guys think happened to Kiara Henry? There are a couple of theories I came across while researching this episode. There were a lot of comments on the Find Kiara Facebook page that she probably drowned at Black Sand Beach. Like I said, it's a really treacherous and dangerous area over there. And there's a crazy undercurrent that has taken quite a few people, not to mention the waterfalls and cliffs. Of course, it's possible she accidentally fell in the water with her backpack, phone, and car key, and her body has not been found. Maybe she fell in the water, fell down a cliff, got stuck in a cave, got hurt in some way, and just couldn't get back to safety. We know there were extensive searches done, but the area is overgrown, tropical, and remote. So there's definitely a possibility that searchers could have missed a body. I doubt she went swimming and drowned for several reasons. First, where are her things? Her backpack, clothes, shoes, car key, and phone. She could have left them on the beach, and when the tide came in, it was all washed away. And of course, if she stashed her stuff high enough from the tide, someone could have come along later and taken it. We all know there's a risk leaving anything unattended at the beach. Second, her family said she wasn't much of a swimmer. She knew how to swim, but didn't usually go swimming. So they didn't think that happened. They believe if she ended up in the water, it's because she fell in. And if she fell in, that would explain why her things were never found. A couple people mentioned suicide, but I don't see it. Kiara was happy and living life how she wanted. Also, she had already purchased a flight home. I don't think she would have bought a plane ticket if her plan was to end her life. Another theory is that she simply started a new life. Maybe she's living off-grid somewhere on island and doesn't want to be found. I feel like this is unlikely because I think someone would have seen her, notified her parents or the authorities. There was an extensive search done for her and people are still searching for her. but so it's hard to believe she's flying under the radar. One thing worth mentioning is that she could have met with foul play. We know there are bad people everywhere in the world, especially traveling alone in a remote area. If Kiara met someone that wanted to cause her harm, it would have been hard to escape. Also, Maui has quite a list of missing people, especially women. Could a serial killer be on island and targeted Kiara? Or was she in the wrong place at the wrong time? Possibly. People have also mentioned human trafficking. Maybe she met someone while hiking and it was a crime of opportunity. Without any clues, we just don't know. As we wrap this episode up, let's learn the best ways to stay safe while traveling in Maui. We all know that traveling alone always has a bit of a danger element, regardless of how careful you are, so definitely do not go hiking alone. Literally anything could happen to you while you're hiking alone and if you're in a really remote area, you might never be found. When you're in Maui, look for and abide by any warning and safety signs. Those signs are there for a reason. The weather there is extremely unpredictable and changes drastically depending where you are on island. Make sure to check all the weather reports so you have an idea of what's in store for that day. The saying is, never turn your back on the ocean. Even if you're a strong swimmer, stay very aware. Undertow, rip currents, and even large waves can pull people out to sea in the blink of an eye. Always make sure you have proper gear and safety equipment, especially when hiking or on the water. Bring a life vest, proper shoes, water, snacks, first aid kit. It's better to be prepared than to realize too late what you need to survive if something goes wrong. Please do not swim alone. I'll be the first one to try and find a secluded beach, but it's just not smart. Stay aware of your surroundings. Make sure you watch for landmarks so you don't get lost. Make sure you have a proper map, especially in Maui. There's not adequate phone service in many places. And of course, always inform someone about your plans before going anywhere. Tell someone reliable where you're going and what you'll be doing and when to expect you back. And my number one tip to staying alive on vacation is to pay attention to your gut. If something doesn't feel right, it isn't. Kiara Henry is five feet two inches to five feet three inches tall and 105 to 110 pounds. She has black brown hair and brown eyes. Her hair looks to be short and worn in a natural afro at the time of her disappearance. Both of her ears are pierced as well as her nose, although it's noted that she was not wearing her nose ring or any jewelry in her nose at the time of her disappearance. She's biracial, African-American, and Native American. On the last day she was seen at the Hertz car rental, she was wearing a white t-shirt, although we know clothing is easy to change. Her gray iPhone SE, which is a smaller model, so it may look like an older model, is still missing. It might have a cover on it that changes color, but the actual phone is black on the front and gray on the back. The key to her car rental has also never been found. It's a key to a Nissan Sentra and we don't know if there's a keychain attached or if there is what it might look like. There is a chance there could be a Hertz rent a car tag on it, but again, not all keys have that. So if anyone in Hana or anywhere in Maui finds a single Nissan key, call it in ASAP. Really important here are her tattoos. I'm the type of person that checks out other people's tattoos, so it's a thing I notice. Kiara has a tattoo of sunflowers on her upper right arm and a tattoo of praying hands just below her elbow also on her right arm. I'll post some photos of her tattoos on Instagram at the last trip crime pod so you can all take a look. If you have any information regarding the disappearance or whereabouts of Kiara Henry, you are encouraged to call her family's tip line at 808-757-5102. Again, that's 808-757-5102. Or the Maui Police Department at 808-244-6400. There is a reward for $25,000 for any information leading to Kiara and or leading to confirmation of what happened to her. And you can also go on the Find Kiara Henry Facebook page to get more information. And finally, remember to leave a review and rate this podcast five stars if you like the show, or hell, even if you don't. But either way, feel free to let me know what you think. Please follow The Last Trip on Instagram at The Last Trip Crime Pod and subscribe on Patreon to support the show. You'll get extra research, videos, photos, and updates, and even learn about my personal travels. That's patreon.com slash Podcast. I'm Jamie Beebe, bringing you your last trip and signing off until the next one. Thanks for listening.